beautiful song. I was amazed that she was uh, watching closely at her electronic device. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but that would have just made me nervous just looking down at that electronic thing, thinking at any moment now it could glitch out, just my, my generation. <laughs> Got to have my old paper and pen. Bow your heads with me and, uh, and let us pray. Gracious God, uh, thank you for another day that we can gather together here as community. Uh, thank you for such a beautiful song that we've heard this morning and for our time of singing together and lifting uh, you up and honoring you in song. And God bless the rest of our time together. Uh, cause us to grow uh, in you and through uh, your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we're wrapping up our, our series on hope. And today, uh, our focus is on uh, the fact that we should not lose hope. Don't uh, lose hope. Uh, now, it may be hard for you to believe, but we can lose our cell phones. We, we can get by if we lose our cell phones or uh, or even our digital pads uh, that, we, that we have. But don't lose hope. Hold on uh, to hope uh, with all that you have, the living hope uh, that abides in Christ. The world's hope is based upon uh, simply what they desire, what, they're, what they want, what they long for. But our hope, uh, the living hope, is based and founded on the principles of truth that are only found in Jesus Christ. Don't lose hope. Even in the midst of the battle, most of us may be doing uh, very well in our lives, and, and yet some of us are right in the midst of the fray. Some of us are in the midst of difficulty and tough times. I want to encourage you today and let you know that the word of the Lord to you this morning is don't lose hope. Don't give up in the midst of the battle because the battle is not yours, the Bible says. The battle is the Lord's. You can lose a lot of things, but don't lose hope. Be hopeful, full of hope. Uh, full of hope, the kind of hope that sustains and keeps and causes us to be anchored in Jesus Christ. You can be certain uh, and hopeful uh, that in Christ there will be a victorious outcome, even if it's not on this side. So don't lose hope. Say it with me. Say, don't, don't lose hope. Say it again. Don't lose hope. One more time. Don't lose hope. Okay, for a moment, you almost took me back to my parents' church, but that's a that's another sermon there. Now, it's a wonderful thing when we hear <laughs> from you, uh, God's people. But it is so true. We need to encourage each other in that, in our walk, to not lose hope. Uh, and sometimes you have to talk to yourself. David said it well in the Psalms. He, he looked inward and says, why so downcast, oh, my soul? Put your hope in God. And so sometimes we have to talk to ourselves. And I know me, I, I talk to myself a little more than I should at this stage in my life. But we have to affirm ourselves and encourage ourselves in the Lord to not lose hope. I've, uh, I've officiated at a, at a couple of funerals this, this, this month. And, and while on one hand, uh, there's a lot of grief, but yet uh, we who are in Christ, we don't grieve as those uh, without hope. And the common thread uh, that went throughout uh, both of those funerals, both of those celebrations of life and, and at the same time grieving, death was a, re- was a reality that, that there's a resurrected Jesus who, who says that even though we be dead, even though the person may have died, yet Jesus says they will live again. Uh, the truth is that death 
does not have the final say. And it is so true in our lives. Even though we may be going and facing death at one time, each and every one of us, I believe, uh, the reality is, even in death, death is not the victor. Death does not even have the final say. Uh, Jesus, who is the resurrected Savior, yet is able to cause dead things, dead people, uh, to live again. So don't lose hope, even if you're facing death. Perhaps uh, it may be uh, the death of your physical body. It may be the death of a business or the death of a relationship. Or, or maybe it might be the death of, of something that you've longed and wanted for that you realize that you'll never be able to attain to or, or achieve in your lifetime. Don't give up hope because our hope is in Christ. And we recognize that this world is not our home. Uh, we are simply just people who are traveling through and not to mean that we take lightly our place here, but we ha- we cling to the hope, the hope of the resurrection, of the resurrected Christ that says that we have a living hope, that a hope that abides even in the midst of turmoil, even in the midst of trouble, and even in the midst of pain. I have a quote that says, a man's way leads to a hopeless end, but God's way leads to an endless hope. Man's way leads to a hopeless end, but God's way leads to an endless hope. Don't lose hope. I have a habit of, uh, of laying my keys down in a variety of different places when I get a little bit comfortable. Anyone like me this morning, you, you walk in and, and, uh, and you, you ought to have just one place where you anchor your keys. Where you, where, and, and sometimes if you're like me, I have a hook. That, that I know I'm supposed to, but, but I, sometimes I just place my keys in different places. And, and it always seems to be that, that when I need them the most, I, I can't find them. And, and it's when I come in and when I'm relaxed and, and when I'm in the state of calm that I place my keys and misplace them. And, and then when I need them, I have a hard time finding them. And such as it is uh, with hope, place your hope well. Place your hope so that when you need hope, you're full of that hope that's resident within that comes through Jesus Christ. Uh, I have a note that says that it may be a simple thing, but it's what you do in the comfortable calm of life that determines how well we navigate through the crucible of the calamities that we all must face. I believe that the reason we at times in our society, in our world, that we feel so hopeless is because we have misplaced our hope. I often talk to people who, 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 uh, in this world we live in now talk about their their sense of anxiety and their dread and their fear about uh, the coming doom, whether it's the, the economy or, or the state of our world related to viruses or whatever it is. I talk to people who, who have their hope in the medical community, and, and the reality is, though I have great confidence in the medical community, the reality is our hope can't be in the medical community because the reality is they are those who are created by God, but they are not the creators. Our hope can't be in our wealth and in the things that we can attain. I love my possessions, and I hope you love the blessings that God has given you too. But our hope can't be anchored in those things because those things will fade away. Our hope has to be anchored in Christ, and we can't misplace our hope like I misplace my keys. In this time uh, when men's hearts are failing them because of fear, where is your hope? Where have you placed your hope? In this world where, where we see anger and rage, where it seems to be <clears throat> the, the, uh, the overcoming impulsive ways of our society now as we drive along on the highway or in our cars or we walk along, it seems there's so much anger and rage. People are so desperate and in need of hope. And, and our question, the question for you today is where have you placed your hope? Are you able to point people to the hope that's 
only found in Christ? Or do you have your hope misplaced as the world often does? Anchor your hope in Christ and his promises and in his truth. Place your hope in Jesus. Don't place your mishope, but put your hope in God. Seems a simple thing, uh, but oftentimes when we're comfortable and in the midst of calm, uh, we don't realize it's in those times, in those places, that if we're not careful, we can misplace our hope. And then when we're facing the crucible of calamity, then we have nothing to cling to. I have a note that says that there, there's one way, uh, one way uh, to find real lasting hope. Only one way, and that hope is in Christ. But there are three ways uh, to lose hope. We're going to look at my three ways to lose hope. I don't know if that's grammatically correct, but we're going to look at three ways uh, to lose hope. The first way is we lose hope uh, when we put our confidence in things and in systems. I know how it can be so easy to put our confidence in things and in systems. I, I worked in a, in a career, as many of you know, for many years where the most important tool I had was this thing called a radio where, where I knew when I got in trouble, I could call for help. And I had a lot of confidence in that thing uh, that was there to, to guide and to give me hope. But the reality is there were times when I got into a place where, where that radio didn't work, where the, that area was blocked out uh, by whatever it was, a tower, whatever it was that kept me from communicating to dispatch. I couldn't put all of my hope in the thing that I had uh, that I relied on all too well uh, to get me through. And, and, and the question for us is, what are we putting our hope in uh, that works for us sometimes, but we, but we anchor our hearts too deeply in that one thing or, or that one person? And if we're not careful, that misplaced hope will cost us more than we want to pay. One of the ways we lose hope is when we put too much confidence in our things and in the systems that we have in this world. The next way that we lose hope is when we put too much confidence in ourselves. Don't, don't get me wrong, as Mike Jorgensen often says, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have self-confidence. Um, I had to give myself and talk to myself enough so I would have enough, I would have enough self-confidence to stand before you today. There's nothing wrong with having a healthy dose of self-confidence, but don't put your confidence in yourself. You will fail you. I have failed me. Is that, is that right? Correct? I don't know if grammatically that's correct. But, but I have failed me. I, I, I put confidence in my own strength, my, in my own ability, in my own talent, in the things that I thought I could do and do well. And I have failed because you can't anchor your hope only in your own strength, only in your own abilities. Your hope has to be anchored in Jesus Christ. Another way that we lose hope, we lose hope when we put our confidence and our hope in others. Again, uh, there's a place for a healthy amount of confidence and trust in those that we love and that we care deeply about. In fact, in a community of faith such as we have here, we ought to have a sense of, of collected care for one another and love for one another. And we ought to be able to call on our brothers and sisters. But let me tell you, my friend, your friends will fail you. I know that's a shock to most of you, but the reality is there will become, uh, there will be times in your life when you will need and you will want those who you love and who you need dearly and they won't be able to be there. Even if they want to, sometimes they won't be able to be there. You can't anchor your hope in others because others will, will fail you. Man is simply man. We have to anchor our hope in God. Three ways we can lose our hope. We can, we can put our hope in systems and things. We can, we can put our hope in, in ourselves and put too much confidence in our own abilities. And, and we can lose hope by putting too much confidence and hope in others. Jesus encountered 
uh, when he uh, was here walking the earth as a man. He encountered a man who, who had too much confidence in, in the systems and, and who had confidence in others and who had confidence in himself. And, and we're going to look at that in a minute. But before we do, I want to give you a little bit of the backstory. And you, you know the story if you've ever walked uh, with Christ and read the scriptures. Now, Jesus walked along, and the Bible says he was coming to Jerusalem. And as he did, he approached this place called Bethesda. And if you know the story, uh, there's this pool, this pond uh, in Bethesda where, where there are these colonnades, these five colonnades. And so uh, the Bible tells us that, that at that place, uh, there were, were, were hundreds of men and women who, who came to that place hoping that they could get well. Uh, the Bible says as they showed up and, 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 the, and the rumor of the day was, rumor had it, that, that there was an angel that would come down and stir the waters. And upon the stirring of the waters, that if you got inside of the pool, if you jumped into the water, if you were able to get inside, then you would be made well. And so people came and, and people camped out and they stayed there hoping that they would be able to get well. Let's take a look at this in scripture today and look at what Jesus said and what he did when this man anchored his hope in the wrong places. It says in John 5, uh, verses 2, near the sheep gate in Jerusalem, there was a pool, and in Hebrew it's called Bethesda, with five alcoves. Hundreds of sick people, blind, crippled, and paralyzed, were in these alcoves. Now, one man had been invalid there for 30 years. Let's stop there for a moment. Imagine being, uh, being disabled for 38 years. Years. The Bible says that, that there were hundreds of people gathered in this place hoping for something miraculous to happen, gathering around, hoping that, that when this, when, when this, when this folklore, when, when this mysterious thing happened, they would be able to get into this pool and be made well. And imagine being, being, being disabled for 30 years, wanting and hoping uh, to get better. And Jesus walked along and the Bible says that he saw this man here who had been there for 30 years. And the Bible says in the next verse, when Jesus saw him, he stretched out by the pool, and knew how long he had been there. He said, do you want to get well? He saw the man there and he said, do you want to get well? Upon first glance, that seems to be a strange question. It was a strange question to me for Jesus to ask. Do you want to get well? It says that Jesus already knew how long he had been there. He had already knew how long he had dealt with his infirmity. And yet he asked them this question, do you want uh, to get well? Again, it seems strange, but, but even today, I know that there are times when I look at my life, there are things that I know that I, I, I have, that I need to work on, things that I, that I know ought to be different than they are. There are ways that I know that I need to walk in and live out. And, and sometimes if I'm not careful, I will get comfortable in the state that I am. And perhaps you know what that's like yourself. I've talked with people uh, who live with this idea of being distressed and being depressed. And just about every time you talk with them, yeah, I'm not. I'm just down in the in the dumps today. I'm I'm just depressed. I'm go- and, and I'm not belittling anyone who who deals with clinical depression by any means. I have my own family members who struggle with that. But I am talking about a mindset that just says and just lives in this place and it becomes comfortable uh, with difficulties and comfortable with trouble. So much so that we become at peace with the very thing that holds us captive. Jesus asked this man this question, do you want to get well? Because at the end of the day, deep inside of us, we have to come to grips with the reality and, and this question, do we really want to get better? I'm reminded of the guy who says um, about uh, cigarette smoking, uh, I, I quit smoking every day. 
and, 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 and in his mind, he quits before he goes to bed. Uh, and every day he quits because the next day he's still holding on to the very thing that, that he knows not good for him, that he knows uh, won't make him better, but he's comfortable with the very thing that's causing him harm. Do you want to get better is the question Jesus was asking this man. And I believe it's a good question because he's asking us in many ways uh, that same question today. Do we want to get well? The Bible says when he saw him stretched out by the pool and knew how long he had been there, he said, do you want to get well? And the next few verses really astound me when I, when I consider what the man said. The sick man said this, sir, when the water is stirred, I don't have anybody to put me in the pool. By the time I get there, somebody else is already in. Sir, he says, when the water is stirred, I don't have anybody to put me uh, in the pool. And by the time I get there, somebody else is already in. I want us to stop there for a minute and consider uh, what we see. Because if you look closely, you'll see those very same ways in which we can lose hope, in which we can become comfortable with the very thing that holds us captive. The first thing this man did is that he looked to the wrong thing. He looked to the pool. He looked for this this one place, even a spiritual place, where he thought all the answers were to be found, when the reality is there isn't any hope uh, in a spiritual place. Our only hope is in God. He looked to this place. He said, man, when the water is stirred, I don't have anyone to put me in the pool. Again, we see the second thing is that he looked to others. He was looking for someone uh, to do something for him that he couldn't do for himself. I, I don't want to belittle uh, the idea that we need others in our lives, but I wonder if too often uh, we find ourselves in a world where, where we get frustrated because we're looking for a handout or a hand up, when we ought to be looking to the God and coming to grips with where we are and looking to him to get us out of the situation we're in instead of other people. By the time I get there, he says, somebody else is already in. I, I, I'm a marvel as I look at that part right there because I'm reminded of, of my own past, my own history where, where I've had thoughts where I, where I thought, man, it's just not fair. It's, it's just not fair. By the time I apply for the job, someone else has already gotten the job. It seems like this person has an unfair advantage. I know I have my own issues. I have my own challenges. But man, I believe that this guy has a, a, a secret path to get in. And somebody else uh, gave him an unfair advantage. It's easy uh, for us to look at others and, and to, to look to other people and to, to wonder, I mean, why is it that every time I try, it always seems that someone else gets ahead of me. Someone else gets out in front. Someone else goes first. And this guy was dealing with the same thing. Now, he looked to the pool and then he looked uh, to himself and said, every time I try. I can't do it. I don't have what it takes on my own. And then he looked to others and said, someone else is always getting ahead of me. Someone else is already always going in when it should be me that's going in. Do you want to get well was the question Jesus asked. And yet, as I look at the response from this man, his response was anything other than answering the question that Jesus had. The Bible said that yet Jesus in verse 8 said this to him. Get up, take up your bed, and walk. In verse 9, it says that once the man was healed, and he took up his bed, and he walked. I look at that story, and I know that this story is just not a story about healing, about the fact that Jesus can heal anyone. 
we know that he can. And, and if you look at uh, this story, you'll see if there were hundreds of people, Jesus had to walk past many people who were dealing with sickness and pain and trouble and difficulty just to get to this one man. So we know that the story is just not simply a story that says Jesus will heal anyone and everyone. And if you're like me, you know that, that even the things that we deal with in our bodies, that, that, that even though God can, there are times where he just simply won't. I believe that the, the, the focus of this story is about the idea of a man who has confidence in things that he shouldn't instead of putting his whole confidence and focus in God. My encouragement to you today is put your confidence and your hope in God, the living hope, the only one who's able to sustain, the only one who's able to keep, the only one who's able uh, by his resurrected life to cause us to rise again, even from the dead places in our own lives. Is it okay if I tell you a, a quick uh, police story? It'll, it'll, be, it'll be quick, I promise. I hadn't told one for a while, so I figure it's a good time to, to squeeze one in. And, and this directly relates. Uh, as, as a young uh, police officer, um, I had a lot of confidence in myself. Oh, yeah, I was a lot thinner. Uh, I had the guns, and, and I, I was a lot faster. And on one particular t- evening, like many other stories I, I told you before, I came across uh, what, what looked to me to be a bad guy. He was driving a car, and because I was eager, I was diligent and focused, I, I ran the license plate, and then I realized, yes, that's the stolen car. And so quickly I turned on my lights, we pulled down the street, and, and sure enough, uh, he jumped out of the car, the car continued and ran into another car, and he bailed and headed off in a certain direction. Now, I had worked in that district only for a short while, but I had confidence that I knew where I was. I had confidence in the place, so I thought. I had confidence in myself. Yeah, I think I can take him. Uh, of course, he took off running, and I threw my car in park, and, and I got out of the car and got on my radio pretty quickly. 203, I'm in foot pursuit. And, and of course, dispatch came out. Okay, what's your location, 203? Where are you headed? Uh, I am... Um, I'm on the, the street. I'm going down. Um, stand by. And, and I had to say stand by because I didn't know where I was. I, I had confidence in the overall place, but I didn't take time to note where I was at that particular moment. I had confidence in my ability. And I was focused on the license plate trying to go after what I wanted. What I desired was to catch the bad guy. And I didn't know where I was. I began to continue to give chase. I tried to look up, but I couldn't see a street sign to tell them where I was. I heard other cars, uh, police officers, well, what's his location? Where, where was he last at? And of course, the dispatcher came back on. We don't know, and I'm listening to this, and, and I'm running hard and fast. And, and, and sure enough, this guy in the dark runs into a cemetery. And now in a cemetery, as you know, uh, there's a lot of things to dodge and to run around. And so he began to go and to weave in and out. And there aren't any street lights in cemeteries. I don't know if you ever knew that or not, but there aren't any. any and, and so I'm chasing him down. And I, I'm sure that, that, that I can do And I look in his hands and I didn't see anything. It didn't look like he had anything. I'm like, yeah, I think I can handle him by myself. What I should have did was stop. And recognize that I didn't have it all together, that, that, that I shouldn't have put that much confidence in myself. But I continued on in the chase because it's what I wanted. It's because what I, it's what I desire was to catch uh, the bad guy. Sure enough, I, I caught up to him. And as I did, I realized that my confidence and my ability was overshadowed by my lack of recognition of his stature. Uh, and naturally, uh, the fight ensued. Uh, the reality was, though, by the time I got to him, I, I was winded. I was out of breath, heavy bulletproof vest, 
gun belt. And, and I remember uh, grabbing and latching a hold of him. And then it seemed like that he latched more hold to me than I did of him. I remember uh, the feeling that thud of his fist against the side of my face. And, and, I, and, and then again, and then again, and I remember uh, because I couldn't see very well as, as, as the blood began to pour down from the, 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 the small cut of it. I remember holding on to him and then I remembered, I've got a radio, let me call for help. And I reached over to the thing I had put confidence in. And, and, and I was going to tell them I was just in a cemetery and it, because surely there were only three of them and they would be able to find me. But guess what wasn't there? Yeah, my radio had fallen off somewhere along the chase. I don't know where it was, but I couldn't call for help. I put confidence in something that I shouldn't have put so much confidence in. I put confidence in myself when I, I shouldn't have put confidence in myself. And I, and I put confidence in others that surely my brothers and sisters in blue will have my back and they'll get there if I get into the fray and it becomes too difficult to me. And I couldn't call for help. And so we rolled around on the ground. I was tired. I was worn. I tried to get my chemical irritant, the mace, to spray that. But he knocked that out of my hand. And I, and I wish that he had just took off and just pushed me away and kept going. But for some reason, he wanted to stay in the fight. I began to feel my hope dissipate. Have you ever been there when you've been in a dark place or you've been in a difficult situation where, where you, you, you've been in a chase for something or some person that you desired or something that you wanted and then you found out that it was too much for you when you got there, that the very thing that you thought you could handle, you couldn't handle anymore? That's where I was, but all of a sudden I realized that my hope uh, began to fade until, until I saw lights in the distance. I, it wasn't like it was a big light because there was sweat and blood and who knows what else mixed in and, and I was just holding on. I began to see lights in the distance. And I, I thought it was my brothers in blue, man. They finally found me. Here, here comes the cavalry. But it wasn't my brothers in blue at all. Sometimes those who are closest to you just won't be able to get to you. Sometimes those who you love and who, who really do have your back won't be able to get to you when you need them the most. When they got close enough, I recognized that it was just ordinary, everyday citizens who, who saw and heard the car crash, who saw the police car, who heard my screams, and who, who ran in uh, with their lights trying to find out what was going on. Uh, they got to me and they pulled me off of him. At least that's the way I like to tell the story. They, they pulled him off of me and... And I'm not saying I was crying or anything, but I know there was a lot of water on my face and, and man, there was that brute, that pain in my body. And they pulled him off, and then I looked over, and they were taking out a little bit of street justice, which you're not supposed to do, but, but I love that they were taking out that street justice, and man, they were going in on him, and then they got him under control, and then they, they reached down and said, come on, officer, get up. Get, get, come on, we'll help you. I got up, knees feeble and sweating and looking around, where's my radio so I can call for the real help when all the help I needed was right there. Have you ever, have you ever thought that the people who ought to be there weren't there, but then the most least likely people show up in the nick of time and help you out? Be careful that you don't misplace your hope in those who wear the cloth, those of us who, who wear the name pastor. It just might be the very unlikely person sitting in the pew next to you might be there when, when no one else can be. Don't have misplaced hope. They picked me up and they walked with me and they kept telling me it's going to be okay. And I did the, oh, I know, I know. Yeah, I got, I'm okay. We walked through the cemetery back to where the car was. They took a bottle of water and rinsed me off. And the Calvary never did show up. 
They, they, they couldn't because they didn't even know where, where I was. Have you ever been paralyzed uh, by fear or by dread? Have you ever found yourself in a dark place? Or, 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 or are you comfortable in a dark? Are you comfortable with the very thing that paralyzes you, that holds you captive? Or, are you comfortable knowing that you don't have enough strength, that you don't have enough ability on, on your own, but, but it just feels right just to, just to trust you because someone else failed you a long time ago? Uh, where is your hope this morning? Where is your confidence? Do you have confidence in the God of hope who promises to be our hope? Or do you have confidence in the things and the places and, and other people and in your own self? Or is your hope anchored in Jesus Christ? I love uh, those words that Jesus says. Get up. Take up your bed and walk. Get up. I have to tell myself that sometimes when times get difficult. Daryl, get up. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I have friends in my life who tell me, man, just get up. Get, get up from your place of despair. Get up from your place of despondency. Get up from your place of criticism and, and doubt and unbelief and, and, and walk. I want to challenge you and encourage you today that you're able to get up from the places that you are if you find yourself in a hopeless place this morning. You know why? Not because your legs are strong enough to, to keep you on ground. Now, mine weren't that day. Boy, I leaned on those guys, even thinking and pretending like I had enough strength. Put your hope in Jesus Christ. Anchor your hope in God. He'll never let you down. I, I can't tell you that you'll get the healing in your body that you need. But perhaps a greater need is the healing in our souls. Perhaps a greater need is the healing that we need in our minds. Man, these, these bodies, they're, they're shells. They're, they're going to fade away. As sure as you're born, you're going to die. I'm going to die. But death doesn't have the final say. The resurrected Jesus, the hope of the world is resident in you so that you can anchor your hope in him and then point others to that hope that's only found in Jesus. There are three places we can lose our hope, brothers and sisters. We can lose our hope by anchoring it in things and in people, things that will fade away. People who will desire to be there but sometimes can't be. And, and by putting our hope in ourselves when we know we don't have what it takes. Put your hope in God. Don't lose hope. Bow your heads with me as I, as I pray. Uh, gracious God, all of us here likely know what it's like to be in a difficult place. All of us know what it's like to find ourselves comfortable and, and at ease with our own infirmities, whether it's an infirmity of heart or mind or soul or body, where we've, we've just come to accept we are where we are, and it's just how we are, it's just the way we, we do things, just the way we live, rather than recognizing that we can be made well. God, my prayer is that my brothers and sisters today will, will, will be well, that they'll desire again, that you'll breathe fresh life, fresh hope in their, their hearts, that you, the God of hope, uh, who through the spirit of hope uh, can give us the living hope, that you would breathe fresh hope into our hearts and our minds so that we won't lose hope even in the painful, difficult places of our lives. God, you've already told us in your word that it, it rains on the just and the unjust alike. We, we don't escape pain. We don't escape sorrow. But in the midst of it, we can yet hope in you, knowing that you have the final say, that victory is ours if we're anchored in you.
God, today I pray for Morgan and Jesse, members of our body here. God, as much as we'd like to be there in the moment with them, we can't physically be there the way we want to. But God, you're there, right there in the midst of their situation. We pray that you would surround them with your love, that you would encourage them. We, we, we pray in the spirit that you would, you would help them push back any depression that would try to take hold of them, push back any doubt, any despair, any despondency, and cause them to, to hope and anchor their hope in you, the God of hope. We pray for Morgan and Jesse, God, that you would be their strength, that you would with, you would hold up weak knees that tremble, that you would pour fresh water and wash away the wounds of, of, of hope deferred. God, I pray that you would be there for them. God, we look now, we pray uh, for our students who are going back to school and our teachers. There are those who say, what a, what a desolate place, what a hopeless place. But God, we pray that these teachers and students will go back and they will be hopeful this year, that they would learn and grow in ways that they hadn't before. God, for those teachers that are going back, even those who are part of our body, who are spiritual, who know you, may they speak words of hope, words of life into what appears to be a hopeless situation. God, you are the God of hope. God, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, for a closing pastor.